0: Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Shall we pray? And so Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the adoration. We thank you for a time like this. We thank you for this meeting. We thank you for all that you are doing. We thank you for all that you have done, and we have be exalted in the name of Jesus. As we have come to learn of you today, Holy Spirit, speak to us in the name of Jesus. Review yourself to us in your word, in the name of Jesus. We ask today that your word heals, in the name of Jesus. Your word transforms, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus for in Jesus. my name. We have prayed. Um hello and welcome to night school today. Uh I, I'm very excited to have us here today. And I'm i uh, I give all the glory to God for a time like this where we have the opportunity to study the word of God today get again. I just want to um, let us understand something. That is essential for believers to know that uh, the Word of God is not just about the Bible, it is not just a storybook, it is not just uh, a book of tales, it is not just a religious book. It is not just a set of guidelines. It is the power that created the entire world. It is the power that created everything that has been made. And it's also the power that will create any other thing that will be created. John chapter 1 says, Without the word of God, there was nothing that was made. Praise God. I want us to know that um, our relationship with the word of God is important. Because when we have a relationship with the word of God, what we do are is a relationship with the creative ability of God. A relationship with the creative power of God. And I can understand that for the body, it may be tiring to continually show up, to continually, you know, uh, uh, come to the place where we learn of God. But I want to advise us not to get to a point where we are tired. Do not be weary in seeking the world. Hallelujah. Now, even as we seek the world, we must continually walk in the light of the world. I was speaking with some set of people today, young people that they have, and um, we're looking at some basic definitions. Understand? That no man came from heaven. You know, there is the, there are a lot of things that we believe today that are in a way limiting. somehow because of um, the custom the culture of this part of Africa where we come from there is this idea that um man I mean men or state that children came from heaven and then they have a they, how do you put it now? They have uh, chosen a particular life from heaven. If, there is such a thing as destiny. Yes, Yoruba is calling Ayomo that somebody when he is coming, from heaven has chosen to live his life in a particular way. Don't now, praise God. I would like us to understand that nobody came from heaven except the Lord Jesus. You came from your father's temple and your mother's dead And while we were talking about this, someone with a clear understanding of the scriptures quoted the word of God in Jeremiah chapter 29 saying, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Now, this is God's testimony, that you came from your mother, you were formed in your mother's womb. And this automatically means that you did not choose nonsense from heaven. if this is the the background of what you think, and, uh, you know, in a way we think these things, we believe them, and it forms the basis of some fundamental spiritual issues that children of God have. You know, you find children of God fighting you know praying about foundational problems fighting foundational principalities just because they have been led to believe that um uh they have chosen something that is not so good from heaven you know you find Christian, praying all kind of prayer points requiring to changing their destinies praying to god to change it it was not recently that i even realized that the glory you have cannot be stolen it is impossible child of god the glories of god it can't be stolen but that's not where we're going today today we want to look at first peter uh, so i mean I say first peter i mean second peter chapter one we want to look at the world today together and study the world adequately and see what the word of god has in store for us i pray in the name of jesus that even as we go into the world the Holy Spirit will reveal himself to us in the name of Jesus. We'll start from verse 2. It says, Grace and peace. I know this is one of our signature scriptures. Grace and peace will be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. See, many times our understanding about grace is inadequate. Many times we we call grace or merited favor. Sometimes we call grace or many, many kinds of things. Even the definition of peace is mostly inadequate. But the Bible says grace and peace can be multiplied. Now, for a man that is not even experiencing peace, how can he even multiply? That grace. Praise God. Sorry for that um, break. Uh, I had a bit with the, uh, I had a bit of a transmission issue. So now, what I'm saying in essence is that our understanding of grace is inadequate. Sometimes. And our understanding of peace. Now, Romans 5.17, it says, How much more they that have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. It says they are to reign in life. But before we look at whether abundance of grace will make you reign, we should see what the Holy Spiritual Apostle Paul compared grace with In that scripture, grace was copied. It says, For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. If by one man's offense, death reigned by one. It now says, How much more they that have received the abundance of grace. So, what the scripture is helping us understand is that that is a nature. It also means that grace is a nature. Is somebody listening to me? Grace is a nature, it is part of a particular nature. Now, let me put it that way. It is not just a nature. Grace is part of a particular nature. Now, what is called grace is not just part of the particular nature. It is what makes that nature, okay, able to perform in that manner. What I'm saying in essence is that if a man is a king, what makes him able to stand in the office of a king is what makes him a king. So now, grace now is what makes you able to stand in the office of a king. The Bible says, Grace, how much more did I have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness? Shall they? So grace would make you be able to stand in the office of a king. The righteousness would qualify you to stand as a king. You see, they are doing two different things. The righteousness will qualify you. The grace will enable you to be able to manifest as a king. So what is called grace? is not just uh, the ability. It's not just the... Um, ability to do certain things and go to God and ask forgiveness. No. It is an immense power that is made available for you. Okay? To get anything you may want. In another language. Grace is the immeasurable provision of God residual in you to meet any need you may have. It is the immeasurable provision of God residual in you to meet any need you might have. Now, we see that what happens there is that when a man has received the abundance of grace and the gifts of righteousness, he automatically is qualified and is able to manifest as a king, even in this earth. So you have abundance of grace. Now, because grace is an enabling power. See, somebody listening to me. Grace is an enabling power. And uh, nature, it can be multiplied. So instead of praying for grace... A believer must understand that from the day you gave your life to Christ, from the day you received the Lord Jesus, you have received the abundance of grace. There are many things you need not pray for any longer. One of them is grace. There are many things you need not pray for any longer. One of them is power. Ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You have received the mayor of power. If you want to multiply the power, you engage the world. Hebrews chapter one from verse three. Upholding all things by the word of his power. So you already have grace, abundance of it. I've come, one of the things I've come to share with us this evening is that you have enough grace to get out of the mess you may be in right now. You have enough grace. But how are you going to get this grace to work? He said, it can be multiplied through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. If you are going to enjoy the grace that is in you and now multiply this grace you must know who God that is at work in you is and you must also know the Lord Jesus and everything he stands for. So we can say that an inadequate knowledge of how God does things and what the who the Lord Jesus is to us, and He is right now, is one of the reasons why people are finding it difficult to manifest grace. What about peace? You already have peace. The Bible calls part of the fruits of the Spirit, peace. that there is a residual portion of peace already in you but the bible also talks about the process to producing peace philippians chapter 4 praise god philippians chapter 4 from verse 6, from verse 5. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And it says, be careful for nothing. This is the process to experiencing peace. Be anxious for nothing. Worry not. Regardless of how big the issue may be, do not worry. Try your best not to worry. And so if you are not going to worry about it, what are you going to do? It says, boring everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The equivalent of this scripture. Is First Peter chapter five and verse seven it says, "Cast all of your cares upon Him, for He careth for you." So instead of you being anxious, instead of you being so worried, instead of being so emotional about it, you can be spiritual about it. And to be spiritual about it is to not worry first your request no make your request known unto God in the right manner. And it says, What will happen is that the peace of God that passes human understanding will keep you. So there is a process to experiencing abundance of grace and the peace in Christ Jesus. And so if you want to experience any of those things we must engage the process and you will find that the process is still the same thing as it's through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus verse 3 says 1st 2nd Peter chapter 1 we're reading 2nd Peter chapter 1 starting the, this uh, chapter today verse 3 says according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You see, this is a very serious promise. It took me a long time to be able to believe it. (laughs) Praise God. God said, is divine power is divine power grace and peace will be multiplied unto you according as is divine power as given unto you all things that pertain to life, that is, that pertain to living, and godliness. Now, the medium through which these things come to life, or come to manifestation, is the knowledge of him that has called you to glory and virtue. Is this scripture true? Yes. Has God then given you all he will give you? Yes. This scripture can only mean one thing. That every single prayer request you may have on this earth, God has already answered. It's like you didn't hear what I said. Every single prayer request, every single desire that you will need, five years from now, has been answered god has given unto you all things that pertain to living and godliness you have an open check a blank check on every desire all you need is to just to need it and it's going to be done but there is a process a signature is required in order for you to withdraw from what God has given unto you. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Saying the same thing. that. You already have an inheritance there. The inheritance there is more than enough for you. It is enough for you to live in this life. It is enough for you to have, to behave like God. Godliness. It is enough for you to manifest like God. Past of these things that you have received is grace the immeasurable provision of God, but something is required, the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And when the Bible says the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, what the Bible is simply saying is understanding who Jesus is, understanding what he represents. Understanding what he has accomplished. Understanding how he accomplished Understanding where he is right now. And understanding what relationship you have with him. When we understand this, we will be able to manifest the things that God has promised us. This is why we are called the Church of Christ, not the Church of Moses, not the Church of Elijah, not the Church of Paul, not the Church of David, not the Church of Elijah, not the Church of Abraham, the Church of the Lord Jesus. So, in order to get anything that God has given you, the knowledge you need is that of the Lord Jesus. Trying to get the knowledge of how Elijah did things so that you may do the same thing and get the same result might not work. Is someone listening to me now? One of the many injustices is that we have come to think that the Old Testament and the New Testament are one. And so we can just take anything from anywhere and then try to use it. It doesn't work like that. If the Old Testament was flawless, there would not be need for a New Testament. The Old Testament was based on the blood of bulls and goats. The New Testament is based upon the blood of the eternal spirit of the Lord Jesus. I'm sure you will know which one is a better covenant. And so, if we are under a new covenant, we are to live by a new set of rules. I'm saying in essence is this that every of the promise of god would be easier to manifest if you have the knowledge of our lord jesus i remember last year we we're talking about what does the knowledge of our lord jesus really mean and i think i had about 10 episodes on that they were writing series a story series about 10 episodes or there about what does the knowledge of our lord jesus really mean I couldn't even complete the stories. Probably I'll pick it up now. Because if we don't know what the knowledge of our Lord Jesus means, we can't experience what God has promised us. We can't, really. It matters to God how things are done. And so it matters too much what you are doing spiritually speaking now if you are going to get results spiritually speaking it matters too much praise god let's continue let's understand that verse two three is a continuation of verse two verse two says grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of god and of our lord jesus verse three says according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to living and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue now verse four which is a continuation again says whereby are given unto us now that the easiest way to get things to work is to know that they are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these promises, note, that by these promises, and only through these promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature. whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Don't forget, uh, if you, if you conjunct those two words together, I mean if you, if you are going to read chapter um, verse 2 and 3 together, verse, the handing the of verse 2 says, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, through the Lord Jesus, whereby that is. Through the Lord Jesus, we have also received, through the Lord Jesus. It is so important that we understand this conjunction. Through the Lord Jesus, we have also received exceeding great and precious promises. Now, they are not just empty promises. These promises will enable you to be partakers of the divine age. That's a vine nature. What the scripture is saying is that these promises we enable you to be a sharer of the life of God. Sharer does not explain it. These promises we enable you to be a bearer of the life of God. Even bearer does not explain it. These promises would enable you to manifest as one with the life of God. Praise God. These promises not through your prayers, not through your fasting, not through anything you are doing, really. Through these promises, you will be partakers of the divine nature. He says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, so the medium. So being a partaker of the life of God, if you're just coming in, we're reading 2nd uh, Peter chapter one from verse two. 2nd Peter chapter one from verse two. Now, these promises, precious, great, is what will make you a partaker of the divine nature. So that if you don't know these promises, You cannot manifest as a partaker of the divine nature in that area. Let me be a little more explicit. What I'm saying is, if you don't know the exceeding great and precious promises of God for, say, finances, you are not going to manifest as a partaker of the divine nature in the area of your finances. If you do not know the exceeding great and precious promises for your health, such a person may die of sickness. If you do not know the exceeding great and precious promises of God, for every situation you find yourself, you will all be unable to manifest as a partaker of the life of God in that situation. And once you are unable to manifest as a partaker of the divine nature, there is a problem. Because in every situation, there are two types of manifestation a man can have. A man can manifest as a mere man, a natural man, or he can manifest as a partaker of the divine nature. That is a carrier of the life of God. These are the two ways men can manifest in every situation. So when you are faced with the challenge, please, we must understand that everybody faces challenges. Not problems, challenges. Everybody. The Lord Jesus faced a challenge, in the desert to feed 5,000 people. There are two ways to handle it. He could say, you know what, let's just head back to the city and eat. But it was late already. But he could still send someone to go and buy food for all of them anyway. But he chose to manifest as a partaker of the divine nature. Because he knew who he was. How you've been manifesting, or say, how you've been responding to the situations you've been facing is, uh, will determine to a large extent whether you are going to experience victory or defeat. You cannot be manifesting as a mere man. You cannot be reacting to situations as a mere man and be praying to God and expect that the situation will be solved. It does not work like that. It won't work, really. You cannot, in one on one hand, agree that you are human, mortal, normal, natural. And now go on your And begin to ask God to come down on your behalf to come and deal with the situation that He has equipped you to deal with, it will not work. How you are responding to situations matters. It makes all the difference to the situations. It makes all the difference. to the situation. Praise God. So I want you to ask yourself this evening, how are you responding to situations? How are you responding to challenges? Small harassment, you begin to cry. I am not chastising us, I'm just charging us up. You know, some people will not have faced anything, you know, I can understand that there are a lot of challenges in 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 going about that the devil can throw our way, but there is none that is big enough to make you cry, really. If you have seen it big enough that you have managed to get emotional about it, your response is already wrong. And so, in that situation, to respond with faith will take time. And as long as you do not respond with faith, well, the solution will elude you. Because the solution is in responding with faith. How are you responding? That by these promises, you might be partakers of the divine age. So, if you get these promises, what these promises will do for you is that they will build up faith in you. When you get these promises, what they will do is that they will will build up faith in you. Praise God. and verse 5 says and beside this giving all the diligence that not being slack not being weary not being tired of looking at these exceeding great and precious promises regardless of the situations you are seeking these promises You are seeking to know the Lord Jesus. You are seeking to understand Him. You are seeking to experience Him without being weary, giving all diligence, doing what is right, even when the situation does not cover it. When it seems you are okay doing what you are expected to do, we all diligence and you see this what is written is that add to your faith. So, if you can, with all diligence, get the exceeding great and precious promises of God, you will see that you have faith. Thank God, I'm not the one that wrote the Bible, is there? Add to your, you see. Add to your faith. So what will happen as a result of you getting the exceeding great and precious promises or getting the knowledge of our Lord Jesus is that you have faith. This also means that without faith, you can't be partakers of the divine nature. Without faith, you can't experience grace. Without faith, you can't have peace. In fact, without faith, in the kingdom of God, you can't do anything. In fact, without faith, it will be difficult to uh, manage to become the righteousness of God. In fact, without faith, you—if you are not careful—the devil will begin to bring condemnation to you. Faith, a child of God will begin to succumb to the lie of the devil and begin to lower his standards for his life as a son of God. It is lack of faith that makes sons of God to begin to equate themselves to the sons of men. It is a lack of faith that makes sons of God begin to chase the same thing that the sons of men are chasing, and they are seeing themselves as peers. When faith is missing, a crucial ingredient for your prosperity is missing. It doesn't matter whether you speak in tongues now, sincerely. It doesn't matter whether you can pray in the Holy Ghost for 20 hours. When faith is missing, a crucial ingredient for your prosperity is missing. You know sometimes there is the notion that probably when we pray in the Spirit, we can build up, we can have more faith. No, it does not happen. It can't happen. Praying in the Spirit does not give you more faith. It does not produce faith in any manner. That you are praying in the Spirit regarding a thing does not mean you cannot make the wrong confession after praying about it. That you are prayed in the Spirit regarding a thing does not mean you cannot continue to now begin to cry around over that same issue. Mm -mm. Praying in the Spirit, one side. faith, one side. However, We can can pray in the Spirit to build up on the most holy faith we already have. This is what Jude, verse 20 says. That we can build up on our most holy faith when we pray in the Spirit. Build up on it. Not producing more faith. Build up on it strengthening the faith we already have solidifying it not producing more so if you do not have faith at all and you are praying in the spirit regarding a thing ah it is well this is why it looks as if god is a cheat as if when we pray he does not hear It says add to your faith Act to your faith, virtue. What is called virtue here, praise God, is what I would like to call manifestation or works remember the woman with the issue of blood when the woman touched the hem of the lord jesus clothes, when he touched the lord jesus she was healed the lord jesus said virtue has gone out of him what is called virtue there it is a divine energy A divine energy. The manifestation of the life of God in him. What the scripture is saying is that when you have faith, endeavor to let rivers of living water flow out of you. When you have faith, endeavor to accompany it with works. Endeavor to accompany it with uh, manifestations of the Spirit. Add to your faith virtue. This is why I was supposed to say. faith without works is dead, faith without manifestations of faith is dead. Because if there is no manifestation of your faith, there is no need to have it. Faith requires works, or say results, to keep me. And it says unto virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and upon if these things are in you and they abound it says they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful praise God These things are in you. What are these things? Faith, manifestations of faith, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. If they are in you, you will be able many people. The reason you're unable to manifest. It's not because they lack it. But their courage to their fate. the courage to act their faith. The courage to act their faith. It was not an easy task to start uh, gathering people together and begin to teach the world word of God that you do not know, it requires a great, in fact, it requires a level of trust. When God said we should start a school of prosperity and influence, I sincerely speaking, I didn't know what to teach. Many times, I would come to meetings, even up till now, many times even tonight i would come to meetings without preparing to anything in the early days because there was just nothing for me to prepare i didn't know just what to teach so before the meeting would come i would go down on my knees and ask for the help of the holy spirit and that's all many times i would come to the meetings i have prayed i have heard from the holy spirit that i should go ahead and teach so when I come, I act my faith. We pray in the name of Jesus. And the, the words begin to come. And so till tomorrow, I am still listening to messages from last year. From this school. Because I knew I did not curate these messages. I'm both the learner and the teacher, in most cases, act your faith. I am daring you the same thing. You have enough faith to do something. Act it. If you do not know what you have enough faith to do. I can help you understand one. You already have enough faith to deal with one thing. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. It says, Go into the world, preach the gospel. Whosoever that believes shall be saved. Whosoever that does not believe shall be damned. And it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. You have enough faith to cast out demons in the name of the Lord Jesus. Did you hear what I said? You have enough faith. Since Trust me, the word of God cannot lie. Trust the Bible at least. These signs, the reason the Bible didn't say, these signs shall go in front of those that believe. Is that those that believe will actually have to be the one going first. They have to do the do and the signs will follow. These signs shall follow them that believe. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus? Yes. If your answer is yes, these signs are to follow you. Praise God. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, these signs are to follow you. In the name of Jesus, you can cast out demons. You can heal the sick in the name of Jesus. You have enough faith to do these two things at least. If you accidentally take poison, accidentally in the name of Jesus you can nullify the effect you already have enough faith to do this if you were accidentally bitten by a snake or a scorpion you have enough faith to nullify the effect without taking any medicine I am sharing with you what the Bible says you already have enough faith for if you have received the Lord Jesus This is the starting point if you are not doing these things it will be difficult to grow i understand that you desire spiritual growth but how we grow in the spirit is that we add virtue to faith not by physical things sincerely not by the longevity of our prayers not about the longevity of our longevity of our bible study not about the longevity of our fasting how we grow in the spirit is the manifestations of the spirit that we allow ourselves to cooperate with the Holy Spirit for. You already have enough faith. You already have enough faith to cast out the demons. You already have enough faith to heal the sick. You already have enough faith to nullify the effects of deadly things. So let me ask you, will you use your faith? Will you use your faith? We have only one prayer point tonight and then we'll go, we'll close. That in every thought of my heart to the obedience of Christ in the name of Jesus and I begin to cooperate with the Holy Spirit because the manifestation of your faith is important both to the world and to you I bring every thought of my heart to the obedience of Christ in the name of Jesus and I begin to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Can we begin to pray? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I do no longer have problems cooperating with the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, help me to manifest faith. Help me to manifest you in my life. Help me to manifest the signs that are meant to follow me. Help me, Holy Ghost. I yield myself to you in the name of Jesus. Can we begin to pray? Make sure you are praying. Make sure you are praying. Help me, Holy Spirit.